0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by TBA rabbinic intern Ben Siegel. Well, I'm very glad to be speaking to all of you today. I have to admit there's a part of me that's a bit sad to not have traveled to spend Thanksgiving with my family this year. That's not just because I miss my family very much but also because I'm what's known as an av geek, an aviation geek. I love everything about flying. Well, maybe not everything. Security's not so great. But the experience is altogether captivating to me. I enjoy walking back and forth through the terminal, seeing what types of planes are at the gate and where they're going. I stand captivated, watching the workers load bags into the bottom of the plane and seeing the intense logistics involved, and getting a plane and all the stuff that goes with it where it needs to go. But most of all, I love flying. I love watching the engines spool up at takeoff until they're moving so fast I can't watch them rotate anymore. I love taking off and feeling the world float away. I love looking out the window and seeing the world from 30 something thousand feet. I love it all. It takes my breath away. To know that just 125 years ago, What I'm doing as I fly was the thing of science fiction is not lost on me. I am struck by the wonder of it all. Of course, I inevitably land, head off to my destination, and the magic fades away. I go about life as we all do more often than not. Perpetual wonder is unsustainable. We would not be able to function. There are times in our life when we need to cross the street when wonder would take away from our ability to function in the world. We can't just stand in crosswalks for hours on end, taking in all the magic that is the world we live in. It may be that life cannot constantly be filled with wonder, but perhaps we don't wonder enough. The issue is, of course, that we don't spend nearly enough time taking in the magic of the world. Think for a second about the last time you really took in how amazing it is to be alive. Chances are, it's not all that often. And even those for whom wonder comes more easily, likely wonder less than they did as children. We are born with a sense of wonder, but like many of our senses, it dulls over time. As a result, wonder can be difficult. No need to worry about that, though, because our fourth fathers, Jacob among them, struggled with wonder as well. This week's Parsha, Vayetze, begins with Jacob fleeing his brother Esau. He comes to rest at a place in the desert that seems unremarkable to him at first. However, as he dreams of a sulam, a stairway, and angels ascending and descending it, God speaks to him and promises him that the land that he is sleeping on will one day be his. God promises him that he will grow into a great nation, that he will be a source of blessing, and that he will have God's protection until God has fulfilled all of these promises. And then Jacob wakes up. As his eyes open, his location comes into focus in a brand new way. The place he saw as just another rock when he went to sleep has now become a portal to the wonder of reality and of God. yesh Adonai hazeh he says. Surely God is in this place, and I did not know it. He wakes up to the breathtaking nature of the place, saying, ma'nora ha'makom hazeh, beit Bait Elohim Vizes Shara Shamaim, how wonderful how awesome is this place. This must be the home of God, and this is the gateway to heaven. Nothing changed with the place physically when Jacob arose that morning. There wasn't an actual stairway to heaven for all to see. Nor had Jacob gained any magical powers overnight. He couldn't suddenly see heavenly beings that others could not. All that changed was his perspective. Rashbam, a 12th century commentator and the grandson of Rashi, points this out in his commentary, noting that every time the word Achain occurs in the Torah, it's a signal that someone had to change their opinion. Jacob experienced something, and his mindset changed as a result of it. Because of the dream he had involving God, he is able to change his understanding of the location that he, from being just a rock to a place where God is present. But what's more fascinating to me is the why. Siftei HaChamim, a commentary on the commentary of Rashi, written in 17th century Central Europe, points out that God does not force a person to do a mitzvah. In a similar vein, Rabbi Chanina teaches in Brachot 33b, Hakobayadi Shamaim, Chutzmi Yerat shamaim, Everything is in the hands of heaven except for the fear of heaven. God does not force Jacob into a realization. Not only does God not force Jacob into an epiphany, God can't force Jacob into an epiphany. Jacob is still free to leave the place, believing he had quite the dream that is of no real consequence. And just as God doesn't force Jacob to treat the place as he ought to, God cannot force us into awe. But that doesn't mean that God can't persuade us into awe. Jacob's wonder inspired him to greatness, becoming the father of a whole nation in no small part because he knew that God was with him throughout the whole journey. And just as Jacob's wonder inspired him to greatness, so too it can inspire us. And if you want an example of this, look no further than Lisa Meitner. Lisa was curious and full of wonder throughout her childhood, beginning with a fascination with reflected light. She was born to a Jewish family in 1878 in Vienna, a place in time in which women were not allowed into universities. Despite this, she had a very successful career in physics and chemistry until Germany annexed Austria and her citizenship was revoked. She fled to Copenhagen and, while there, looked deeper into some of the research that she, along with Otto Hahn, Fritz Strassmann, and Otto Frisch, had done in Berlin before she fled. What she came to understand would become the basis of nuclear fission, the process by which both nuclear energy and nuclear bombs function. The basis of some of the most influential scientific breakthroughs of the 20th century all started because a child's wonder was nurtured. We are surrounded by things on a daily basis that should inspire us to awe. If you need a reminder of this, go on a walk through the neighborhood with a two-year-old. You'll find that you can't really get much of a walk done since they are stopping every couple of steps to explore something new. This blade of grass feels so perfectly waxy. That butterfly is jumping through the air so effortlessly. The breeze is making such an interesting sound. To a two-year-old, the factory default setting is awe. But as we grow up, we lessen the amount of awe in our lives in order to make our lives more efficient. If we were constantly in a state of awe, nothing would get done. The issue then is not that we cease to be constantly in a state of awe, but that we cease to find that state of awe with any regularity. Our tradition, both as Jews and as Americans, have antidotes to that issue. As Americans, we are invited once a year to sit around a table and give thanks, as we did this past Thursday. As a part of giving thanks, we are coerced into a state of gratitude, which is an offshoot of wonder. We can't truly be thankful for something without realizing that, the things, that things did not have to be that way, and once we have that realization, we are at the doorway to, wonder, to the wonder of life being as it is. Once we realize that we could have lacked the things that we are grateful to have, we can begin to be amazed that we have them at all. With our Jewish tradition, we have many entry points to wonder, but one of the most notable ones is that of our upcoming holiday of Hanukkah the original miracle of Hanukkah was not that the lights of the menorah lasted beyond when they were expected to. The original miracle of Hanukkah was simply that we survived the Greeks, that we were able to come together, the diverse Jewish people, and fight for our survival. But to the rabbis, the opportunity to add wonder on top of wonder was too tempting. So that's what they did. They added into the narrative of Hanukkah that the lights lasted eight times longer than they were expected to. Sure, a candle burning longer than it should is not the most impressive miracle, especially when considering all the other miracles embedded in our tradition. But what makes it a miracle is that the world ceased to operate as expected. Oil that, by all accounts, should only have lasted one day, somehow lasted eight. The expectation was not the result. In bringing this miracle to light, the rabbis invite us to understand that we don't fully understand how the world works. And once we are in that place, wonder can follow. We can be amazed at the amount of light our Hanukkiot bring into the otherwise long, dark nights. We can take a minute to sit in wonder. I am aware that at this time in Jewish history, a drash about wonder is not expected. While it is good to be grateful, a drash about wonder at such a perilous time for our people truly might feel off-topic. Why not talk about the many critical issues going on in the world? To that I say, this drosh is precisely my response to that darkness. When we cease to wonder, the whole world becomes dark. It can be easy to slip into unrealistic catastrophization, letting our anxiety get the best of us. But when we sit in wonder and the gratitude that follows wonder, the world isn't quite so scary. Wonder doesn't remove fear from the world, but it does contextualize that fear, and perhaps make it less overwhelming and less paralyzing. Wonder for us can, just as it did for Jacob, remind us that God is with us. When we sit in wonder, Maccabees can take on the Greek army, and pilgrims can sail the Atlantic in a glorified sailboat in search of a better life. When we sit in, as Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel so eloquently phrased it, it, radical amazement, we allow ourselves to enter into a life of spirituality. And in doing so, we can shed the feeling of loneliness that the fear and uncertainty of our age has turned into an epidemic. To live in wonder is to truly live. So today, I, hope what, I have what I hope will be an impactful request, albeit one that requires very little of you. Once a day, for the next week, sit in a moment of wonder. Think about how spectacular it is that you woke up today. Take a second while walking your dog and actually take in all the incredible sights and sounds that surround you. Look at the airplanes overhead and be amazed at the fact that somehow those things fly. You might just find that for you as well, God is in this place and you didn't know it yet. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Betham, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Betham Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.